This training camp, we've seen Jordan Love unleash his inner playmaker. And yes, there is a reason, a specific reason why. Plus, Jair Alexander says the defense is done making excuses, which suggests there were excuses being made. We'll dig into why and what happens now with this defense on today's show. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast now. And he will score. Your team every day. You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Jordan Love, by all accounts, spectacular in training camp yesterday. And by now, you've probably seen the videos. I can't post them on YouTube, or I will get in big trouble. But uh, you are likely seeing them on social media everywhere, technically. Um, Had I taken them at camp, I would also not be able to post them had I been there as media. But if I were in the stands, I could post them no problem, apparently. I guess that's not a big deal. Uh, we We don't have to litigate that at this moment. But it would be easy to be skeptical of the Jordan Love, oh, he he rolls right and makes this ridiculous wrong-footed throw to Jaden Reed over his shoulder. Jaden Reed can't come down with the catch, but it's an unbelievable throw. And another play where it is one of those, not, not a true RPO, but you tag a run with a little slant. We've seen Rodgers do this a countless times, a, a thousand times maybe, where it's just like stand up and throw the ball. You see the receiver or the cornerback bailing a little bit. Stand up, bang, throw. That's, by the way, is going to be there with Christian Watson all year. All year. Because once teams really get the full Christian Watson experience, and now they're going to have the tape on them, they're going to know that speed is for real. The teams that have seen him play already are going to already know that that speed is for real. And so no one's going to want, want to get run by. And modern defense is all about not getting beat deep. They're going to play back, which means those underneath routes are going to be there for Christian Watson. But I want to focus in on this Jordan Love, the playmaker idea. And it's something that we've talked about a number of times on the show. And everydayers will remember that he was this guy at Utah State and more. In fact, when he was introduced... At his press conference to the media, it was just the, that opening night. It's draft night. People are losing their freaking minds on Twitter that they took Jordan Love over T. Higgins and Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. and all those guys. And he's talking to media. And what does he say? He's asked what the Packers are getting in Jordan Love. And they say, he says, a playmaker. His ability to play off script. When when we go back and listen, 
And I did this, by the way, the other day. I went back and listened to some of the things that I said about him pre-draft, Jordan Love. And this idea of, I, by the way, did not support pre-draft this idea of taking Jordan Love. I thought there were too many questions. But what I said was that the ability was incredible, that the talent was unbelievable, but that there were these things that needed to get cleaned up. The deep ball accuracy was a problem. He had these incredible throws to the middle of the field, just throwing seeds around the yard. But that, you know, had issues diagnosing sometimes, reading coverages. I've since learned after talking to, among others, multiple people that have coached him, including his coach from that season when he had some of those issues. And it seems like it wasn't so much reading the field as it was just being a little bit too much aggressive, trying to make some plays. I always want a quarterback who's going to try and make plays. The playmaking side, the it's outside structure. I'm going to roll to my right because there's pressure in my face and try and make a throw. That is where the NFL is going. If you don't have a guy that can do that, even someone like Joe Burrow is not just going to sit in the pocket and pick you apart. The Aaron Rodgers in his prime experience was that. In fact, that's what makes 2020 and 2021 in a lot of ways so special for Aaron Rodgers is it was almost exclusively making plays from the pocket. Shout out Ben Fennel. Aaron Rodgers' best plays are from the pocket. But in 2014, 2016, 2011, his ability to break contain, to make plays with his legs, to make throws on the run, he was, there were teams that said, we're going to keep him in the pocket because if we let him, if we pressure him too much and he gets outside, he's going to kill us. And that's what he did. If you don't have a player who can do that because these teams are now so well-schooled. If you don't have someone who, okay, one, two, I, I got to get off this, this read. I got to get somewhere else because the pocket is starting to collapse in the NFL. That's just how fast these things go. And I got to either step up and, and step through, or I got to step out and, and escape. And Jordan loves ability to do that, make a play with his legs or make throws on the run. Something that, by the way, with Steve Calhoun, he was repping a lot over the last few years, being able to make those throws on the run with force, with velocity. He can feather those throws down the center of the, down the middle of the field. We've seen some of that stuff, but his playmaking has always been there. Well, why haven't we seen it yet, Peter? You might be asking. And I would that would be a fair question. In fact, this was part of the narrative around Jordan Love that year one, year two, didn't really see that. You didn't really see the playmaking. And then in year three, he actually played so well against the Eagles from the pocket that he never really had to make any escape. The one escape he made, he rolls to his right. He fires back kind of across his body to Randall Cobb. And Cobb can't make the catch. By the way, it's a, it's a catch that I think if it's anyone but Randall Cobb, you have a much better chance of completing. Like if that's Alan Lazard, it might be a touchdown. If that's Big Bob Tunyon, if that's Luke Musgrave, if that's Christian Watson, if that's Romeo Dobbs, you might complete that throw. It was a pretty great throw, honestly, on the money in between defenders. But the reason I believe that you weren't seeing that from Jordan Love is actually pretty simple. He was trying to do everything else. He was trying to learn the offense first and foremost. And by year three, okay, I've got it. I've internalized it. I understand all these things. But one of the reasons why it took Maybe, and, and who knows when he actually had full mastery of the offense, right? 2021, 
that one game against the Chiefs, I don't think is evidence that he couldn't run the whole playbook. That was just a unique situation against a unique opponent on the road. It's a weird situation. But he, in college, played in a system where you're empty every play, basically. You're shotgun every play, basically. You're running a version of all go on every single down, basically. It's just not comparable to anything you're going to do in the NFL. And there's a play in particular that stands out to me. From the Chiefs game. Backed up in their own territory. This is the fourth quarter of a game. You're down two scores. You got to go make a play. Backed up in their own end. They call a seven-step drop. It includes a token play-action fake, and he's got to throw a deep comeback to Devontae Adams. This is a big boy throw outside the numbers, seven-step drop. Okay, just from an arm talent standpoint, you have to have real, not just like casual NFL quarterback arm strength. You have to have real NFL arm strength to make that throw. That throw's got to be on time, on target, and Jordan Love makes it look easy. Adding a layer, though, of, of impressiveness to me is, I promise you, if you go back and you watch Jordan Love at Utah State, you do not see him take a seven-step drop from under center, not one time. You just don't see it. And so I have always insisted that one of the reasons why Jordan Love seemed a little mechanical, seemed a little robotic in the brief glimpses that we saw. Remember, no preseason 2020, but then we got some preseason in 2021. We saw him on the field in 2021. Then we really got some preseason in 2022. He looked a lot looser in 2022. And I'll always believe that the reason is he's not thinking about footwork. He's not thinking about checks. He's not thinking about protections. He just knows those things now. Matt LaFleur praised him for his ability to obtain information and retain information and then relay that information and make good decisions. So he's made these, you don't have to take my word for it. Matt LaFleur is the guy talking about it. Aaron Rodgers last year, this is the guy, the draft pick, not the guy, but the draft pick that ultimately kicks Aaron Rodgers out of town, that incites the riot that becomes the Aaron Rodgers trade request. And yet Aaron Rodgers is on the sidelines during a preseason game going, and Jordan Love has made incredible progress, tying his feet to his eyes. He's just gotten, he's gotten so much better. And he has, you can see it. And now he's comfortable. And now you get to add in this element of Jordan Love that is just intrinsic in his appeal as a quarterback. And it is also, and this has become clear watching the NFL over the last few years, absolutely necessary to become a high-level quarterback. You have to have this trait, this ability to make plays outside of structure in addition to winning from the pocket, winning in structure. You have to be able to do both. And so this extra layer this is not just some like, oh, he, he made a couple of plays, good for him. No, this is who Jordan Love has always been. It's just not who he was early in his career because he's trying to focus on so many other things, trying to focus on the fundamentals. Now he's got the fundamentals. Now he can just go play ball. And speaking of playing ball, 
We're talking about this defense balling out potentially this year. We're going to do that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, you probably have a draft coming up here any minute. Let's see who Vinny has picked out for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. Looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the top half dozen options at the position have been taken? You can find a sleek ride in Tony Pollard, now the unquestioned feature back in the Cowboys offense after his breakout 2022 season. Without Ezekiel Elliott, and without a contract, Pollard's speed and acceleration will allow him to dominate key touches in a strong rushing attack. Mike McCarthy says he wants to run the dang ball. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same thing with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternator shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. Thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Every day or later this week, we've got Warren Sharp from Sharp Football. We've got Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus, and we have got a live show after family night. Let's do this. Jair Alexander had some interesting comments after practice yesterday, and what he said was that they have to be, they have to be, well, they are ready to execute, and that last year they made too many excuses. Hmm. Last year they made too many excuses, and they have to be ready to execute the call. What it sounds like he's saying to me is... They didn't love the calls to start last year. And so they didn't execute them with confidence. When you don't have confidence in the call, it is just not going to set you up for success. And all the talent in the world is not going to prepare you to do well if the guys out there aren't just excited about the call. We've seen this. This is three straight defensive coordinators now. And we saw Jerry Gray. We heard Jerry Gray. A year ago, talk about, hey, it's not my call. It's Joe's call. Just deflect, deflect, deflect. And and we talked about it on this show at the time that that felt very much like, hey, man, I'm not the one making these calls. That's Joe Barry. I'm just here doing what I'm supposed to do, doing what they asked me to do. Don't blame this on me. Blame Joe. And look, Packer fans, they by and large blame Joe. And so I don't even think that that is Like faulty logic. I don't think Jerry Gray was wrong for doing that. I don't think Jerry Alexander was wrong for feeling that way all the time. I understand it. But 
what I respect in such a big way is him as a leader saying, look, it doesn't matter. We're so talented. It doesn't matter what the call is. We're good enough to lock you down and execute it. So even if it's just going to be the most base cover three that we could ever call, no disguise, we're good enough to, to lock you up. I mean, they, they, they said it's Strap City this year. Okay, well, let's see it then. And I, I love that mentality. Hey, we're not going to worry about the calls. We're going to run the calls that are, that are being sent in. And we're going to execute. And we feel, we feel like we should be executing. And I liked that he added the caveat at the beginning of the year because by the end of the year, they were playing a little bit differently. It seemed like Joe Barry was giving these guys a little bit more input on how they wanted to attack things. Love that. Love a coach willing to say, look, I don't have all the answers. If you guys feel like we should be doing this thing, let's talk about it. Let's figure this out together. Sean McVay, like uh, th there was a, a faction of fans that just felt like, oh, well, Joe Barry is just letting the players coach. And that's proof that he's a bad coach. And yet Sean McVay gets lauded as a genius for saying, for like Andrew Whitworth loves to tell the stories about, um, you know, going to Sean McVay with questions or with ideas. And, and Sean McVay is receptive to those things. And they have this dialogue and they put in these extra things and they, they make these adjustments and these tweaks. And oh, what a genius. But when Joe Barry does it, because we're confirming priors all the time, when Joe Barry does it, it's proof that the inmates are running the asylum and all those really icky metaphors that I've never I've never really liked. Um, and and he's lost control of the team and he's a bad coach, all that stuff. Joe Barry does not have to be your favorite guy. He does not have to be your favorite coach. I, I liked at the end of the year saying, let's give some. Just skin in the game here for these players. And. I wonder if that bought him a little goodwill with someone like Jair Alexander. Hey, I'm willing to just give you a little bit more of, of the autonomy here to be a, be a partner with me. And then Jair talked about, hey, some of the times it's not the call. I'm playing too far off. My leverage is not where it needs to be. I need to tighten up a little bit. And he's talked about the newer, new cornerbacks coach who is helping him stay focused on those kinds of things. And what you love to see is this iron sharpens iron mentality. We talked about it with Jair and Devontae Adams. This idea, and Eric Stokes and Devontae Adams, this idea of Jair Alexander going up against Christian Watson every day in practice. You're making Christian Watson better. And you're making Jair Alexander better because that's how good Christian Watson is. We're talking about Christian Watson at the end of the show, but there is, there is something special brewing there. And I, I really just appreciated Jair saying, look, and being honest, we made excuses last year. Our hearts weren't in it. That's how I read it. Look, we didn't, we didn't love the approach. And you can dismiss bad performances. And remember, he did that. And Aaron Rodgers said, be careful about the energy you put out into the world. And I had some things to say about that because of, you know, Aaron Rodgers. This was one of those moments, physicians heal thyself. Maybe he doesn't believe in physicians or those kind of physicians. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but... It is interesting that Jair said that and also is now saying we made excuses. Oh, okay, well, I'll be, I'll be nervous if we lose to the Jets. And then guess what? They got their butts kicked by the Jets, especially late. They did not close that game with any sort of force. So it's not crunch time. 
It's 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 show me time. It's let's see what you got time. It's okay. This is this is time for you to actually show. And I think the players can feel, you know, they know that that Joe Barry's job is on the line here. But that also means that the pressure is on them to perform whether or not they like Joe Barry. That means that there is expectation here and there should be expectations. I said yesterday, you know, maybe it's not a top five defense anymore, although I do think they have a top five ish talent. Again, the safeties is where you, you have some question marks. This They have enough talent to be a top 10 defense. They could be the eighth best defense in the league this year. It would not be that surprising. They have the talent for it. They clearly seem to agree. But you have to, to his point, you have to go out and execute. And unfortunately, last year, they just didn't do that often enough, especially in the run game. Remember, they were a top 10 defense by... DVOA, but in terms of passing defense, I'm sure they feel like they should be one or two or three, like somewhere in there. Like they think they take a backseat to no one in that department. Well, you got to go out and actually do it. It's not enough to just talk about it. You got to be about it, right? And that's what I think Jair Alexander is saying here. And and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the honesty and the candor of just being like, last year we made excuses. We're not going to make excuses this year. It's on us. He's taking, in a lot of ways, he's taking the burden off of Joe Barry to say, look, we're talented enough that it doesn't matter what he calls. It's on us to execute. We should be able to execute anything. And you hear this from football coaches all the time. Football coaches in particular, not not necessarily basketball coaches or other coaches, but football coaches say this kind of stuff. You should know what we're running and we should still be able to run it. If we execute our offense, you should be able to know what's coming and we will still beat you if we execute. You mostly hear that from offensive coaches. Now, defensive coaches, you know, that are really feeling themselves will say it too, but I think that's what Jerry Alexander is saying here. We are good enough that it doesn't matter what the call is. We should execute it. We should be able to get stops with any call. We're that good. Okay. I agree, by the way. And I, I made this point over and over last year. Like, yes, there are things that Joe Barry could do, things he could tweak, things that, you know, from a mindset approach standpoint that I really would have liked to see change. And by the way, in the second half, I think a lot of it did. But at a certain point, your players have to go out and just do the thing. Guys have to get off blocks. They have to make tackles. They have to catch the balls being thrown in their direction, or they have to get their head around to find the ball, to deflect the ball in their area. They have to not make mental mistakes and push a coach or an official and get thrown out of a game. That's not a Joe Barry problem. That's a player problem. Hopefully the Packers have it fixed this year because they do have the talent to do whatever they want. All right. We are going to finish up here with a little bit of an incredible comment made by Matt LaFleur. And it's more Christian Watson hype. And we are pro Christian Watson hype on this podcast. That's coming up here on Locked on Packers. Thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers would love for you to come over and subscribe to us at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Um, A ton of great content there right now. I think we do a really good job. I was just talking to our pal America's guest, Jason Hirschhorn, about this. Avoiding the groupthink of the training camp story. It seems like every day there's one story and everyone writes it and we just don't do that. And, And you go back and you look in our archives 
We didn't do it last year. We didn't do it the year before that. So that's just not what we do. If you want a different perspective, a different vantage point, we are always going to provide that over at The Leap. And then go check us out at Locked On Sports today. All the biggest stories in sports in under 20 minutes, YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Matt LaFleur said something remarkable yesterday. He said Christian Watson is one of the most intelligent players he's ever been around, was asked just sort of generally about what he's seen from Christian Watson, what he can do to take that that next step. And he didn't talk about how big he is. He didn't talk about how fast Christian Watson is, didn't talk about the incredible production in that month of time last year as a rookie, didn't talk about, you know, the the game changing runs, not just passes that he caught. Talked about his intelligence. This is very similar to the point that I made about talking about the intelligence and the work ethic of Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. This is a thing that matters to football coaches deeply. And it just so happens that the Packers, if you prioritize athleticism and you also happen to find guys who are smart and work hard, you're probably going to get good players. And it's why they've hit on guys like Kenny Clark, Elton Jenkins. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Eric Stokes to a degree, Rashawn Gary. He was the, he's the poster child for this. Crazy athlete, gives a you-know-what, and, and is smart. That is going to carry you so, so far. And so Christian Watson, that, that the first thing Matt LaFleur says is he's one of the most intelligent football players I've ever been around. Not receivers, not, not rookies. One of the most intelligent football players I've ever been around. He is incredibly smart. Not just, by the way, not just football smart. He's off the field smart too. He's a very smart, very impressive guy. I was incredibly impressed with him when I talked to him at the Super Bowl. And he's he's poised. He's thoughtful. He's ready to be a superstar. And get you, get you those moments, Christian Watson. Get get those opportunities and take advantage of them. And we saw, I mean, you guys, if you haven't seen the throw and and <laughs> people got really upset about, about what I said about the throw. 60 plus yard deep ball yesterday, Christian Watson touchdown on Ennis Gaines, which like, mm, but he was in the slot and it's a slot fade, switch release. The Packers love to run it. And Christian Watson, it's Christian Watson against space. And you cannot run with Christian Watson against space. No one can. And his gains is fast. And Watson dusted him. And when Jordan Love lets the ball go, my first thought is, you see, you see it about halfway there and you're just like, that's too far. There's no way. That's overthrown. And Christian just glides underneath it. Perfect touchdown in stride. Perfect. And, you know, people freaked out because they thought I was, it was, I was trying to take shine off a great play. No, no. It was about marveling at Christian Watson's speed. That a throw that off the hand looks overthrown that is perfect. That is how fast Christian Watson is. That he just, he breaks the way that you think about the game, the geometry, the trajectory of passes. It's a, it was a perfect throw by Jordan Love. This was, it was my, my comment was not about Jordan Love. It was about marveling at the incredible speed of Christian Watson. And I'm just, I'm so excited to see him play because when you put, like I said, that, that preternatural physical ability together with the intelligence and we know he has the work ethic. He has that 
mentality of I want to be great. Put that all together. You have a guy that can carry your passing game. And all of a sudden, the last couple of days, he's been making big plays. And those like, hey, Romeo Dobbs is going to lead this team in catches. It's getting awfully quiet because everyone realizes, oh, yeah, that's right. This guy is an absolute alien. We, we found the aliens, guys. We found them. At least one of them plays in Green Bay. He just, he moves like no one else, especially at his size. And so, look, it's, it is really exciting to think about what he can be in this offense. And, and to tie this back into what we talked about at the top, the deep ball accuracy was something that I, I had my concerns about with Jordan Love coming out of college. When you have Christian Watson, it's kind of like, who cares? Because just, just chuck it. He'll go get it. He'll go get it. And it seems like they're on the same page that they have a, they have that chemistry sort of figured out already. You love to see it. Maybe maybe with some extra work put in in the spring that that helps set all that up. I don't know who's to say. All right, back tomorrow. More here on Locked On Packers. Remember, we have Warren Sharp coming up. We have Sam Monson coming up, and we have a live show coming up after Family Night. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like this Saturday night, you can do that over on our YouTube page so you can stay 